1: It is. That beat has kicked in. That means it's time for DLC. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune into DLC. Hey, are you one of our geeks and sneaks out there using DLC to get you through a workout or a run? We're going to be with you for 90 minutes or more. Man, we're going to be right by your side talking video games because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week. DLC delivered the way it's meant to be completely. Free And that's thanks to our sponsors this week, Simple and Casper. They made that possible, bringing the show to you. DLC is the show all about gaming in its many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Kanata. that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis, the guy who conceived, photographed, and wrote... The time cover story on VR, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian.
2: <laughs> I'm not that much of a nemesis. You cannot throw me under the bus that much. <laughs> I have not read the full story, but uh, just doing that cover cover story alone, I think I would lose all... I'm mean, just doing the picture. I would lose all uh, game cred I ever had.
1: <laughs> well, I know that you hate VR, and I, I just was a devious plan of yours to just infiltrate your way into time, work there for three to five years, and then... In one fell swoop, destroy VR with one move. Even I don't
2: hate VR that bad. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think probably that's going to be the last we talk about that story because it's just, come on. Well, the best thing that
2: came out of it, before we introduce our amazing guest, the best thing that came out of it are people have done mashups of that in the atrocious Tony Hawk 5 graphics where they Photoshop him and the new cel-shaded Tony Hawk, like, both taking dumps or drowning in a river or...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, this is a special episode. You are hearing this and uh, a little late. We recorded it uh, just a smidge early, so if some crazy video game news happened over the weekend, uh, you're not going to hear us talk about it because I'm off gallivanting with my wife on vacation uh, out of the country. So uh, we had to record this a little bit early, but the good news is that allowed us to get an awesome guest that we've been wanting to have back on the show for so long now. You know DLC is always your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable christian but this week oh man i couldn't be more happy because dlc stands for discovering little charmers because we have the guy who was always recommending small video games back in the uh weekend confirmed days an expert in independent games it's indie jeff mattis welcome back jeff dudes i'm
0: so happy to be here finally i apologize for it taking so long but it is really great to be uh be on the show i'm a big fan
1: Oh well, that's nice. We uh, we're fans of you, and and we've been wanting to have Jeff on for so long. I get tweets, like, so often of people like, "Why don't you get Jeff on the show? Why don't you get Jeff on the show?" He has uh, he has work responsibilities that prevent him from doing our normal time slot, but that's why this week is so awesome because uh, we had to record a little early. That allowed us to get Jeff on. So we're we're real grateful to have you, man. Yeah, a little extra Jeff today, right? I mean, yeah, you know. can always you can always use a little more Jeff in your life. I, I, I think. <laughs> that's right. Um, so. This week was Gamescom. We got lots to talk about. I've been playing a bunch of games. You guys have been playing a bunch of games. So let's get right to it. This is going to be a really fun episode. I can already tell. Let's start with story of the week. (laughs) Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by using our hashtag that's DLC SOTW or by visiting our subreddit. Some really great discussions on the subreddit, you should check it out. It's at 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Five five oh man, so much news pouring out of gamescom this week. Jeff, you are a guest, so you get first pick. What what's going to be your your story of the week? Well, it's, it's not much of a story, but, uh,
0: uh, the thing that sort of blew me away the most, uh, over the past week was the new, uh, Mafia three trailer. Yeah. Um, I am not only because it looks great. I mean, that wasn't a huge surprise. I mean, the presentationally that series has always been sort of, you know, at the cutting edge a little bit. Um, but, but the thing that really, really excites me is the location, which is, uh, New Orleans, the time period and, uh, the fact that we're we have a uh, an African-American protagonist, which, you know, I'm, I'm excited to play as something other than a bald white Marine. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And
1: man, that trailer is so well done. I mean, it, we, we don't get yeah. any gameplay footage yet, um, but but my goodness True. for setting mood and setting that time period and sort of introducing the protagonist and his his state of mind. Oh, my gosh. It's very affecting.
0: Yeah, very moving and uh, you know very intriguing. It's a it's a very interesting location, really cool time period that they've chosen. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean I can't wait to play it. It's a ways off, but but really excited about that.
1: Yeah, I loved the Mafia games. Um, Mafia Two is really really great game. Very different, you know. It was one of the. It, it's been several years since that game came out, and it was sort of in the wake of of a lot of games that were influenced by GTA. But I think Mafia 2 really handled its open world in a very different way than any of those other games. And it's going to be interesting to see if Mafia 3 sticks to their guns, so to speak, uh, of, of, of how they handle open world, or if they are more influenced by what open world games have become with side quests and fetch quests and all these other things that have sort of become mainstays of the genre. I mean, right. I guess we don't even know that it is open world. I'm just assuming that because the other games have been.
0: But. Well, the, you know, and that format has always been, I mean, you know, that they've used has been open world, but it's always been a bit more focused than a lot of the other open world games. So they, you know, they let you sort of roam around and there are a few optional things to do. But for the most part, the open world is there to sort of add richness to, you know, the main storyline. So it's, it's sort of an interesting approach. It's not a, you know, a GTA where you can sort of get lost in... You know, not not even touch the main story and just do all sorts of crazy side missions and things that don't necessarily feel as connected to the main narrative. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, there are enough games that do that that I th- I think the the focused approach. I mean, I'm at least speculatively because that's what they've done in the past. But but I think that focused approach is really
1: uh, uh, really works well for them. Christian, uh, did you play Mafia Two? And are you excited for what you've seen of this?
2: I I played a little bit of Mafia Two. It came out at a time. For whatever reason, um, I was engrossed in other games, and Mafia 2 is a slow burn, if I remember correctly, and it, I just kind of didn't stick with it. There has been—I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there, there is gameplay of Mafia 3 out there. Oh, um, I did not see it. And it looks good. It looks pretty. The thing that people are concerned about with this game, um, like from the message boards or whatever—and I'm not the biggest Mafia fan, so I don't know how bad this is or how egregious there is, but the car physics look—it diff- it looks more— um, e- GTA or San or uh, I'm sorry GTA or Saints Rowey in terms of I mean there are burnout level destructions and he launches off of a like a tow truck has its uh back down and he like hits a boost and launches over it and like a car explodes behind him and <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. that apparently wasn't in Mafia 2 but again well, Mafia
1: 2 I- was set in the set in the like 20s and 30s exactly. so you weren't you weren't hitting boost on any of your you know
2: and now it's basically
1: basically Knight Rider now apparently
2: yeah. <laughs> activate to boost. Um, yeah. I like muscle cars doing cool stuff. Maybe the explosions are a little too much and the physics are a little too floaty for fans, hardcore fans of the series. Um, but with that said, I, I like when franchises evolve and and try something new because you know if it were just Mafia two but called Mafia three, I think people would be like, oh, more of the same. So it's that double edged sword um Jeffs so that we've talked about you know back on week and confirmed when you make a sequel is it more of the same or do you try to push the genre and pull you know those core elements out like when we had um oh mind blanking uh it doesn't matter other developers on and it's like well, how do you make the sequel to your game something new and fresh versus just making it the exact same game again with the new level or new map packs <laughs> um
1: well i think that i think the thing that jeff was bringing up um as as a as a thing that really made him excited for this for this property and and the way I saw the trailer as well gave me hope that it really was going to be a more serious sort of adult take on storytelling and hearing boosts and leaping over uh, backs of you know tow trucks doesn't exactly yeah make a lot of confidence. Well,
0: I mean, I mean, and and it's such a far cry from how they began the series because I don't know if you guys remember the first Mafia game. They had, you know, it was more open world. They utilized more of the driving around stuff. But they actually, you know, initially had settings where, you know, cops would come after you if you ran stoplights and stuff like that. It was really almost too much, um, too, you know, less gamey, but, but but also less fun, I guess. And so this seems like a sort of, you know, quantum swing in the other direction. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that yet. I guess I guess
2: I need to to check it out a little bit more to no, tell us how you feel right now don't watch (laughs) don't watch the gameplay make a decision and stick to it jeff well this
1: is a you know this is a 2016 game so we got we got lots of time yet but it's interesting to see when we know more yeah um christian how about you what's your story of the week
2: well one gamescom looks like you know it's, it's delivered on the microsoft front for sure there's a lot of good news coming out of there so you know just to say that Xbox had a good Gamescom conference. I don't, I don't
1: know if that's And Sony didn't go. So correct. I mean, we're
2: not, we're not, you know, playing favorites here.
1: They, they didn't show up. So
2: <laughs> it's hard to win when you're not, when you forfeit, yeah. <laughs> when you don't even care. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, but for me, I think the biggest news is the new World of Warcraft expansion. It's Legion. Yeah. And, and I think what goes hand in hand with this, what was it, two days before? This was announced, it was announced that their subscriber base is the lowest since 2009, 2010? I think it's at like 5 point something million. So I Which feel is
1: like... an order of magnitude greater than any right. other game <laughs> in that genre.
2: It's still the most success. like a bad day for them. Uh, every other game would be like, dear lord, if you do one thing for me today. <laughs> yeah. Um, But this thing seems, I guess like always, most of their expansions have been pretty incredible. And, and this seems like another one that... Uh, Hits it out of the park. It has a, a new continent, the Broken Isles, which you know is going to be all new art assets or significantly new art assets. Uh, raising the level cap to be expected. Reworked player versus player honor system. Uh, so as they which unlock, crazy unlock special talents. Yeah, designed solely for player versus player. It's like you know, I I'm a a WoW um, enthusiast, but not a player. But I feel like every time they drop an expansion, it really Really, really, really rallies the core base. So, Kanata, did this? Did this do it for you again? Are you re-upping oh, that sub? Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, baby. My, 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 uh, my itchy finger is itchy. It's um, <laughs> yeah. They, it, they really. I think this this looks like a very exciting update for me. A very exciting expansion. Uh, as you said, the PvP honor system is really interesting because they're going to have PvP specific talent trees. That means that they no longer have to balance the game for PvP and PvE at the same time, which has I think been a, a very difficult thing for them to do, and also has bootstrapped them in a lot of ways about how they can what talents they can introduce and what weapons they can introduce and, and how they can let the character classes play against each other. Because oh well, we got to worry about who's you know in uh, going up the leaderboards. I think that's very smart. Also, dude. The artifact weapon system that they talked about has me geeking out like <laughs> crazy. So there's these, like, lore-specific, best-in-class artifact weapons, one for every specialization in the game. So there's usually three specializations per class. That means 36, I think it was 36 total weapons in the game. Each of them has its own storyline. Each of them is is famous in the lore. There's, like, Frostmourne and Doomhammer an ashbringer, these these weapons that are big in the the Warcraft lore already. And then there's like quest specific stuff to do to get that weapon for your specialization of your class. So for example, Frostmorn famously in Wrath of the Lich King shattered at the end of Lich King. And uh so you go and you get the pieces and you reforge it and and so each of these weapons is going to have its own storyline associated with it and then you can customize its look with certain cool things and like the looks are wildly different from each other and you can there's this cool overlay that looks like something out of um crisis you know in crisis when you like push pause and you hold your weapon up and it shows like all the bits and pieces that make up your specific weapon they have that overlaid on these cool uh these cool unique artifact weapons and you can literally Level up your weapon and and add talents to it.
2: Oh my god, you guys! I'm so
1: excited. I'm so excited. I, I think.
2: Um, those, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mattis.
0: Oh no, I was just gonna say I'm I'm not much of a WoW player, mainly not because I I didn't enjoy my time with it, but because of the 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 time commitment that it takes to to enjoy all that awesome <laughs> content. But that is that is really that is a really neat idea. In fact, you know, for you know finding lost weapons and and reforging. I mean, you could make an entire
1: you know standalone game just based on
0: that concept that's a really really cool cool idea
1: i think yeah plus there's a there's an entirely new class the demon hunter which is sort of based on illidan um it's it's amazing to me that they announced an, an expansion with a new hero class that starts at a high level it's sort of like the um the um death knight was back back in the day um but they announce a new hero class and it's like the least exciting <laughs> bullet point of the new expansion for me i that's saying a lot that's saying that they're putting in some really cool stuff I, i'm i'm over the moon and i'm surprised it's your story of the week christian because it was i was tempted to have it be mine
2: well it's another example of i feel like reworking in a way that doesn't offend the hardcore and gets people that haven't played in 4 years interested again and i mean the, the, the people working on this game are so smart, and they must never see their families. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it needs to be sung its proper praises, and that, I think it's a, it's a big it's a big story. Also, there wasn't really any VR news, so I picked this, so now you'll probably pick something uh, Heroes-related? Well, I mean, Blizzard <laughs> did have a
1: very big presence at Gamescom, which is surprising <laughs> to me. But yeah, and they did announce a lot of Heroes of the Storm stuff four new characters they announced including the medic oh my god with the it has a medevac thing where you hop into the like you all your teammates can jump into a drop ship and go anywhere else on the map instantly it's like completely changes the game in so many ways uh and there's a, a new character rexar who has a pet bear it's the first class or first character in the game first hero in the game that has a pet like a full-time pet uh all the time wandering around And he shoots out little bear cubs. Guys, come on. Plus a new map.
2: Can I shift out of that and into it? This is a serious question. I know you haven't picked an official story. Sorry, I'm jumping around, Uh, Kanata. Of the Microsoft stuff, though, these are, they showed Crackdown 3 gameplay. They showed Quantum Break gameplay. And um, uh, Mirror's Edge gameplay was shown. Those, I feel like, are squeal, squeal, and squeal games for Mr. Jeff Kanata. Yeah. How do you react? Are you still squealing, or are you? Has one risen to the top?
1: Well, I think if if I had to pick my story of the week, having you having already picked Legion, I, I think that I would have to say uh, Crackdown three gameplay footage.
2: Oh, okay. Because
1: I'm such a huge Crackdown one fan, and have been clamoring for a new Crackdown. And the fact that it, what they showed, looks like they really understand what made the first Crackdown special, and how they moved away from it with Crackdown 2, and it seems like they're really refocusing on on making that core gameplay loop fun and having it be a, a real playground and the destructibility of the environments. I mean, my two favorite open-world games of all time, I think, I mean, unless you count Skyrim and stuff like that, but like, you know, sort of third-person open-world games, I think I might have to go Crackdown and Red Dead, um, uh, what is it, uh, Red Dead um, Redemption? No, no, no. Sorry, not Red Dead. Me, Red Faction oh, Gorilla. Got it. Red Dead. <laughs> Red Dead Red Gorilla. Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption is an excellent game and is also open world. Yeah, there's a lot of great open world games. <laughs> anyway, but I love those. I think those are two uh, two games. You know, Red Faction Gorilla had the destructibility of the environments, and I think it's super underrated. And it looks like this is a mashup between those two games. That's what I was getting at. Is uh, it feels like crackdown and orbs and jumping around and morphing my car and having all that fun playground stuff but with like crazy destructibility of environments. It looks awesome. Um as well let's just we can just talk about that for example. Uh Jeff, what what is, what is your take on Crackdown?
0: Well, I I have never been uh hooked on Crackdown. <laughs> um um I, I, I I did I did enjoy I I did enjoy playing the first couple. Um they seem to me like like um perhaps a bit less focused than I like my games from a narrative perspective. Like I, I do enjoy those games where it's like, okay, here's a huge playground of stuff, go do whatever it is you want. But I really, you know, what hits me in the, in the, uh, whatever the, the, the place that I like to get hit in is the, is the, uh, (laughs) is, is narrative driven stuff. So, so that's what that series lacks for me. I do find the gameplay to be absolutely, uh, you know, a lot of fun, and I think the the addition of destructible environments is sort of a natural step for that series. I mean, it's it's pretty much that's kind of the next thing, big thing you'd want from that so that sort of game series. So I think I get the sense based on just what little I've seen that that fans are going to be pretty pretty excited about it.
1: Yeah, as, and as far as the other stuff they showed, like Quantum Break looks. Beautiful and amazing. And I like the, the, the weird relationship that's going to exist between the game and the TV show is fascinating to me. And the fact that the same actors are in both and go back and forth. And it, it really does look like a great cast of people that uh, I like from other things. Yep. However, uh, <laughs> it really did look like uh, a game of shooty shoot.
2: And um, it looked you know, like Max Payne. Like, how do we, let's do bullet time, but not call it bullet time? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It looked, it looked like fear. um, That's interesting. Yeah, you know, um, but in
2: Remedy we trust.
1: In Remedy we do. In Remedy we we do do trust. Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Oh no, no,
0: I was just going to say that's the 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 reputation of the studio says a lot. There, I mean, I I I have faith in them delivering a a a fun and solid solid piece of uh, piece of work. But um, yeah, it is sort of it is sort of curious um, the derivative elements of that. So
1: yeah, you know, I don't know. I was so excited for Alan Wake. And I loved Alan Wake. Alan Wake turned out to be a great game. I wish Alan Wake was more like what they originally pitched Alan Wake as, which is this more of an adventure game, more of a mystery, more of a, uh, this weird Twin Peaks sort of living in this environment. And as much as fun as I had with Alan Wake, where I got to you know blast shadows with my light and shotgun, uh, that was fun. They, did, they executed that very well. I just wish that I wasn't doing so much of that. I want to be doing other things. The other things that you do in Alan Wake are are really minimal. There's some very small amounts of talking to people and figuring stuff out. C- completely I, agree, yeah. It, yeah, and it feels like Quantum Break is this, is going the same direction where it's like it, it really is a shooter first and foremost.
2: Well, I wonder how much of that is focus testing or, you know, executive level notes or Remedy, you know, being great and also often having awesome stories and great characters and a really cool gimmick here or there. But ultimately, them not being able to create that fun gameplay loop, you know, you hear often that you want a fun gameplay mechanic, and then you repeat that as much as possible <laughs> and build your game around that. And I wonder if they've just run into roadblocks with things like, hey, this is cool, but how do we make this fun for forever? Where even a game like L.A. Noir, where it's just talking to people, I personally feel like that game ran out of steam in that mechanic uh, after the Black Dahlia story, I don't know if a story yeah, fell apart
1: or that was like a that was like a natural ending for that game. If that game had yeah. ended, <laughs> ended like that, I bet everybody would have given it much higher marks.
2: Well, but than right, it got.
1: but just outstate its welcome, really.
2: Well, I'm wondering though if if to what extent, and there are great games that aren't shooty shooty, um, but sometimes developers struggle to find that fun thing and make it fun for what they think needs to be a 20 hour game versus you know, I think Black Dahlia would have been seven something like that. Uh, again this is all just talking out of my bum i don't i don't know but uh well,
0: well i mean i i think that's a pro- with la noir that's a problem that they probably could have solved by just changing the order in which the storylines happen because the 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 reason the black dahlia thing feels like the end game is because it's the sort of the most compelling you know it's what you've been building to the entire game and then it's all almost like you get this epilogue you're going back to ar- the arson department and and right. you know you're you're an arson agent and it feels like a step backwards it's almost like Structurally it didn't make a whole lot of sense and it, it, it got less exciting and therefore less compelling after that after that particular case. Um, just and just real quick about Alan Wake um, and games like that like I loved Alan Wake as well, but i discovered very early on, Jeff, t- to your point that the gameplay itself, the gameplay loop wasn't what was keeping me going through because I had you know shot 50 shadow creatures at, at that point. It was more about okay, what's the next Sort of, I was interested in the story, I guess, um, more so than than that, you know, chunks of gameplay. It was almost like those became a thing that, <laughs> that was getting in the way of me seeing the rest of how things were going to play out. Yeah, um, which is, you know, it's it's a real testament to how strong the storytelling is, but um, you know, at, from a gameplay perspective, it's it's fairly one note. Um, and so it's, it's it's just interesting. There aren't a whole lot of games that can do that. That are that are you know as as sort of monotone gameplay wise. That that the narrative is sort of outweighs the, all that, or, or makes that not matter as much. Then I still want to finish the game. So.
2: And I hope Quantum Break does that. It's it. I'm I'm nervous though because time travel. What a tricky tricky master <laughs> to have a story that makes sense. It doesn't have glaring holes punched in it. Um, again, in Remedy, I trust. But of the kind of big gameplay reveals at gamescom so far this is the one that i'm just still kind of really squirming about oh man i hope i hope i hope i hope but i'm scared
1: (laughs) what do you christian what do you think about the uh the tv show tie-in part of it do you think that
2: helps hurts or other <laughs> uh, hurts. I, I think it's. I think what they're doing is ambitious, and I love ambition, and I love when, when developers and companies try new things and try out out of the box things. But I think this sounds more like full motion video, choose your own adventure cutscenes that run the risk of just getting in the way. Um,
1: it, it doesn't look like that. I mean, what it, what they're showing looks like a very high quality television show with some. Really oh no
2: no no, talent. no. Well, I don't mean full motion video is lack of quality, but. It has great talent, and yeah, things full motion video looks great now. This isn't Sega CD. This isn't Sewer Shark <laughs> level FMV, but I feel like the, the risk they run is either the gameplay is great and awesome, and you want to keep doing that and hearing the story that way, or this TV show is great. I feel like my concern is that one will get in the way of the other, and how often when you're playing a game do you then want to sit and watch a 22-minute cutscene? That's that's the risk I think that they're that they're running into.
1: My understanding, I think, you know, I could be wrong about this, but my understanding is that you see different sides of the story. That the yeah the game you play as the heroes, and in the te- television show, you're focused on the villains. And
0: that could so be really- I, I, have a, I have a question for you guys: Is there is there an existing game that that you would like that sort of thing for? You know, so so like think back to any other any other game that you've really enjoyed would you want a sort of companion TV show to go along with it? I think it's a tough question because it, yeah. it's really it's really more about how much you enjoy the material, not how much it's going to add to the the gaming experience uh, itself. It's, it's, it's,
1: it's kind of bizarre to me, actually. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I mean, it, it doesn't actually add to the game. It's just if I dig that world that they've created enough and I want to hang out in it more often, then I'll go, you know, I'd want to watch a, I'd want to, read the books. You know, people go and read the Halo novels and they read the Mass Effect novels and, you know, people just want to hang out in that universe and know more about it. Uh, so in that sense, I guess that's that's really what they're hoping for. Right. Um, yeah. Um, the other big game that was shown at the Microsoft uh, press event was Scalebound, which is uh, a game that looks really interesting. It's, uh, you know, a dude and his dragon. Um, very uh, very Japanese. It's They announced four-player co-op. Jeff, what did you think of, of what they showed for Scalebound?
0: Uh, I actually have, I must confess, I have not seen the uh, the footage for that yet. I'm ah. a little, little behind on my homework there. No worries.
1: <laughs> no worries. Uh, Christian, did you get a chance to check it out?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, broad paint strokes here. I, I feel like this is everyone trying to crack the Monster Hunter nut <laughs> in a way that's like, this game's huge, but a little off. How, how can we... Let's make an accessible dra- mm, monster. Oh, dragons are cool. Oh, and, and that's what this game's A lot of great things. I love climbing big beasts. I love riding big beasts, killing big beasts with friends. It looks great. It's kind of got a – it looks like a simplified – oh, God, I hate to say that um, – a devil may cry, which isn't simple. You know what I'm trying to say, though, Kanata? It's like the Ew. combat isn't shield, parry, weight. It's jump up and <gasps> strike, 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 strike. Explosion, which if done right is great, but it's like – Ooh, you're making it. They're making a new cocktail. No one's ever drank before, and it's like, um, can we do vodka, and um, what's another drink people like? Uh, Sprite Zero, <laughs> and like maybe it's great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
1: I, I'm I'm hopeful. I'd love to get my hands on this and see see how fun it is. Um, but I, you, you talk about beasts. I'm worried about beets because it looked like beasts with beets headsets <laughs> on. Uh, just, it just felt so pandery and strange. But uh, you know. I, I, I think this it, there's definitely some very cool stuff that that uh, it looked like it had, like taking down a giant beast with another giant beast while you're you know, the part where he like throws his hands back and gets that crazy rock uh shield thing around his body. Super cool. Um so, you know, I'll see more. And and you did bring up the um the Mirror's Edge trailer, which man, I'm just completely sold on this new Mirror's Edge. I have played <laughs> it at E3. I just I can't wait to get my hands on on the full game. They needed, to do, fantastic, a, they needed yeah. to do
2: a lot of selling to get you on board, right? Kanata just saying a new Mirror's Edge, that was pretty... <laughs> I
1: think that's all well, he no, needed I, to do. To be fair, Christian, <laughs> it had to be a new Mirror's Edge and then, like, they, have to, they had to prove to me that they understood what made... Well, like, what the possibilities of the first Mirror's Edge were and what the bad parts of the first Mirror's Edge were. And it seems like they totally get it. Like, they got it. And the, what I played at E3, it made me very, very excited for the fact that they, you know, feel like they've... Learned from that first one, um, the you no know are-
0: guns, the no guns thing is, is probably th- that biggest lesson. Uh, yeah, from the first, I mean that just makes all. I'm I'm super excited that that Gamescom trailer was awesome, uh, or footage rather. It's it's really really good
2: looking. If only America could adopt the same policy. You guys, um, <laughs> are you are you okay with the the melee? Con- Did it does it pan out to third person, or is that just a trailer thing, or is that a real like? Uh- it was like wham yeah, bam, thank that. you, ma'am, and or then
1: backflip kick or whatever. Yeah. Do, when I played it at E three it did that. When I mean, you do a couple of takedowns, it'll like you'll know, like um, you know like in The Witcher when he does mm-hmm. finishing moves, it'll cinematically go to a cool angle. A lot of games do that. That's this kind of the same thing is that it just takes the control away from you for a moment and shows you how badass she is yeah well and keep, and keeps you from barfing too i mean i'm sure if you're doing back, back flips in first person all the time
0: it, it'll, it'll it would get a little much
1: that's a great point yes <laughs> yeah um, another you know we switched out of uh, microsoft because we wanted to talk about mirror's edge but uh and we'll talk about star wars don't worry but i i would be remiss if i didn't bring up some of the other things that microsoft announced one of which uh, i'm actually really excited about is the um the chat pad for the controller. I used the heck out of my chat pad on my Xbox 360. It's so makes everything so much easier. Inputting things, putting your name in, paying bills and stuff on it, uh, which you know happens more frequently than you would like. Uh, <laughs> so I'm excited about that. I, are you guys gonna get a chat pad? No, I don't think so. <laughs>
0: All right. I guess I've, I'm the totally <laughs> excited about that. Well, you you almost. I mean, your excitement almost sold me on one. I was I, I was actually. I always sort of debated getting one, and then I was like, "Well, you know, yeah, I, I don't really like uh, the, the the closest thing I could think advantage that I could think of was was oh, I got a game code to to unlock something, yeah. and, and and I mean that's that's really
1: convenient. Um, Super convenient. It's you, a pain uh, in the butt to do that, and I never respond glass. to people. When people send me messages on Xbox Live, I never respond to them because I know it's going to take me an hour and a half to input <laughs> input the message. But with the gamepad,
2: download Smart Glass on your phone. It's free. It's an app, and you can sync it to your console and do all of that. Same with the PlayStation One for PS4. You Equipped with emoji or no? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't dove into the emoji. Yet. Xbox chat. Oh God, dude, I forgot about Smart Glass. You're right. This yeah. is a useless thing. Don't buy it. <laughs> Sorry to save you $60, so now you can... What, what can I make you buy? <laughs> I can make you buy... I'm just going
1: to buy more skins for my Heroes of the Storm characters.
2: <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> what about
1: Halo Wars 2, guys? Did anybody want this? Is it like real-time strategy games? They're still here? Uh, I don't know. Halo Wars 2, anybody excited for that?
2: Well, I, I tweeted out, I think it was, if you would have told 10-year-old me that Sega was going to make a Halo game for a Microsoft console. The first thing 10-year-old me would have said is, "1, how did you time travel and get back here? 2, what's Halo? 3, what? Like, this is crazy. This is this yeah. is video games are crazy now, right? This is and if anyone's going to make it, this is the studio you want making it, right? Not not that the Halo Wars 1 was bad, but it's like, here's a new studio, an Ensemble, and it was like they're making a game. This is here's a studio that makes awesome the past strategy games and now they're putting halo skin on it that sounds fun right yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) you both said yes but your tone said no
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean i mean look has uh, the last one was competent right it was uh, as far as having a real-time strategy game on a console um pretty well done i mean you know diablo 3 probably is one of the better so good you know you know i mean like so there, there are games that are doing that well it is still in my mind you know sort of a genre that really really is 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 best served on on a pc but
2: well it's coming out know, too
1: i'm to pc as well yeah yeah i know
2: you guys um, don't you guys aren't excited. it's okay we, can, we don't have to force it I don't want to put the happy and cheerful Jeffs into an uncomfortable situation of pretending they're happy and like a game when we can both tell they don't. I, <laughs> know,
1: I used to love real-time strategy games, and I just, I just feel like there's you – know, Well,
2: when you get – I mean when it gets to
0: the, it gets to the point where, where you know, when you get really good at one or you, you, know, you start getting ultra competitive, it's almost like – I always describe it as like playing a spreadsheet. You know, more than more than playing a game, it's like you're really never focused on the action unfolding. It's like you're jumping around to, you know, cue up different actions for your. It, it it sort of reaches a point of diminishing returns with that genre specifically. I'm not just talking about Halo Halo Wars, but it's it's it gets to a point where it feels more like work than, than fun for me. And that's I know that's just me, but but uh, no, yeah,
1: I think. What do you do? Right.
2: What do you do for work, Mattis? Do you is this what you do for work? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I just play real-time strategy games day, so. <laughs> That explains <No>. so much. <laughs> <That's> not... <laughs> yeah, actually, so. I'm a developer on Halo Wars 2, and just playing the game yeah. just feels like work, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, Q, I'm a
1: QA tester, and that's all <laughs> I no. Um, So a few more stories I want to hit from Gamescom. But first, I do want to take a second and thank our first sponsor, which is Simple.com. Show of hands, how many people have been frustrated by their bank? Oh, everyone? Yeah, everyone. I don't know. I literally do not know anyone that hasn't been frustrated at some point by their bank. Most of the time, it's because fees show up and you didn't know why. You don't know. You have to get on the phone. It's annoying. Why did I get this stupid fee on my bill? Simple.com fixes that and a whole lot more. Simple.com is online banking, and they, first of all, have no fees. What What's that you say? No fees? Yeah, no fees. No overdraft fees, no monthly account maintenance fees, no ATM fees, no minimum balance requirements, no fees. They have no fees, dude. It's Simple.com. Also, they're completely online and integrated into your digital life, which is super cool because if you're like me... You're on your phone most of the time. You're trying to figure out what you're going to buy. Simple.com has an awesome structure that allows you to put stuff into a budget in a very simple, streamlined, easy way that lets you know what your monthly expenditures are going to be and then how much is is there to spend, is safe to spend. They have a safe to spend bucket that is updated all the time so you know, oh my gosh, I can, I can still spend this much every month. And be okay to pay my bills at the end of the month. Also, if you're saving for something, if you've got a cool game, if I want to buy Crackdown 3 in 2016, as soon as I find out the release date of Crackdown 3, I put that into my app at simple.com. I find out uh, you know the exact date and how much it's going to cost. And then Simple tells me how much I need to save each day in order to hit that goal. It's awesome. You guys have to check this out. If you go to simple.com slash dlc. You can sign up now. It's free. This is the way to go with online banking. It's going to help you save money. It's going to help you be sa- smarter with money. And there's no fees. That alone is like the, the best thing ever. Simple.com <laughs> slash DLC. Check it out. Be smart with your money. I know that my favorite thing about them sponsoring the show is that I think there's so many people in this audience that really can be helped with this is something that is absolutely useful it'll really save you real human dollars which is great simple.com slash dlc let them know you heard about it here check it out um all right guys so star wars star wars battlefront uh debuted their fighter squadron mode this is something that people were asking about a lot when battlefront was first announced they were like oh no 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 no." still
2: not space combat
1: still not space combat So go ahead, Christian. I don't even need to on, intro it.
2: Go uh, picture rogue squadron type thing. You know, you're you're not zooming around in infinite space. It's not X-wing. It's not Tie Fighter. Um, lots. What is it? Twenty? Ten on ten? Ten v ten? Is that right? Um, and then round it out with bots also. So it's it's one of those very hectic, like zoom 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 zoom, kind zoom, of fights. Um, and that's
1: all space fights. But go ahead.
2: <laughs> well, sometimes there's like the methodical, like one v one. I've been haunting you for years. Uh, <laughs> hey, real voice actors, how's how am I doing putting together my reel on this episode? Um, <laughs> they're they're flying around. It, it looks hectic and it looks cool. It looks a little um cluster effy. What's what's the 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 fighter? It's it's, it's fighter mode. <laughs> cluster so cluster fighter-y. fighter. It, yeah. it looks little less strategy and a little zoom around and i'm going to get shot and explode real quick it looks beautiful it sounds beautiful i i don't think that this is going to um be the mode of the game that people play for the hours and hours and hours and hours and hours um mattis did you did you watch this do you have
0: yeah i did and i i I have i mean i'm maybe a little ignorant about it but it doesn't seem to me like there's any real objective other than blowing the other guy up right or the other team up and, and to me, it would seem like that sort of space combat mode, you would sort of want some sort of overall goal other than just wipe out the other team, uh, like a Death Star run or you know something that you could frame that around that would make sense within the, you know, within the universe. Um, it looks like a diversion, like an okay diversion, but not certainly not something at this point that I think most people will spend the majority of their time Uh, Doing, they'll probably, you know, opt for one of the other modes. But uh, that's just sort of my quick take on it.
1: I'm hopeful, but everything I've heard about Star Wars Battlefront, uh, sort of through the grapevine with people that have played early builds, uh, and I, you know, I played it at E3, but uh, everything I've heard from people sort of on the inside makes me worried that they put energy and time into this mode at this late stage in the game. Because it sounds to me like Battlefront had a lot of work still needed to to go into it, just the way it was. And it felt like they heard this outcry from the community saying, hey, we want it. We want these vehicles. We want this aerial combat stuff. And they diverted a lot of energy to that. And I'm worried that it's going to come off as half-baked and the whole game is going to come off as half-baked. I hope that's not true. I don't want to be cynical about it. I haven't played this mode yet, but the firsthand reports that I read on Polygon and other places... Really f- said it felt very vanilla and all the. It just feels like it's only gone into the game at a very late stage, and I'm worried that it's not going to have enough time to really be polished.
2: Yeah, because they so. said that this is still a kind of alpha gameplay, but the game is it's close. You know, I know we're still in August, but uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the release date is bearing down. What do you think is a big would get a bigger fan outcry? This coming out half baked and mediocre, um, kind of as you're implying, or if this came out three months after release at $20 as DLC? Wow, that's a good question. Um, and was a little know. more fully featured, you know, how a death squad, death, death squad. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> a different think, podcast uh, network. Uh, death Star run. Um,
1: I think both would get outcry because <laughs> internet. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, you can't win either way on that on that note. I think the,
0: the, the better the better solution for gamers though is to you know fully bake your product, you know. And, and <laughs> there you go. That's and, a novel and, idea. And to, you know, I mean, like like delay the whole thing if you want to release both simultaneously, or uh, with, with, you know, because that's probably not reasonable. Uh, you know, release the the on ground stuff and then you know I I think people would complain initially about a $20 expansion where it was space combat based. But if you actually made something really cool that felt like a, not just what they've got right now, um, you know, something a little more fully featured, a little more to it, I think people would get over themselves pretty quickly and go, you know what, this is actually really fun. It sucks that we had to wait for three months, but now we're not waiting anymore. It's great. You know, that, that sort of outrage goes away. Uh, but again, what do I know?
1: <laughs> right. outrage going away that doesn't sound like i know right yeah. um, <laughs> so i do want to get to the playlist because we have a lot of awesome stuff to talk about uh but there's a couple of other stories i want to hit on quickly jeff uh we found out fallout 4 has no level cap so do you want to say goodbye to anybody now? Or? Yeah, I was
0: going to say, I can play it forever.
1: <laughs> um, Is there any last words you wanted to say on the show?
0: Look, look, I like that. Idea. I mean, I love the idea of that, of being able to play again. I mean, it, it really frees them up to add as much content as they want. The, the sort of thing that I'm wondering about, and this has been a thing with, with all Bethesda games, they've sort of you know changed around how they do it, but how, other, how the NPCs level up, in conjunction with you or whether they're locked to region or you know how they're handling that this time around is is i mean i'm assuming it's similar to how they've well, handled, it,
1: handled it in Ta- the past but Todd Howard mentioned that this time so previously in Bethesda games in Skyrim wherever you wander everything is sort of appropriate to your level it, it all scales to you so if you go up into okay. the mountains uh, at level 2 you fight level 2 things up in the mountains if you go up to the mountains and level at level 20 you fight level 20 things in the mountains that's that's kind of how their games have worked. It, it sounds like this time with Fallout 4, there's a bit of that, but it's more like areas are in level ranges. So he says... More like Witcher. It, like, yeah, like, exactly. Like the Witcher hands. Lit. Okay. Uh, he that says will... we're calling it rubber banding. He says uh, we'll have areas where enemies scale from level 5 to 10, and then an area that will be level 30 and above. So it's like you can't just wander into level 30 and, and survive as a level 10, but... Uh, you know so there there is some of that some of that stuff that you see in other games, but there are ranges in there that are still specific to your level, and the level thirty and above stuff will scale to your infinite level when you're you know three hundred years old and still playing this game <laughs> right sure
0: no well that i mean and that sounds that sounds good to me i that I'm actually much more of a fan of i think it just creates a a, a more real world sense of tension when you're you know stumbling into an area and going, oh, nope, 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 and having to turn around and run out of there because you know you're you're under-leveled and gating the world that way as opposed to, look, you know, the further you progress west, it doesn't matter what level you are, you're always going to run into, you know, this custom-tailored challenge that's within your level set. It just it feels a little bit more forced that way. I'm sure it creates a more consistent uh, combat experience throughout, but I do like that, you know, being able to wander into an area and either be overpowered or underpowered and and have that experience in conjunction with you know having appropriately leveled stuff so it's it's interesting it's it's probably more of a personal preference but but i'm glad they're doing it that way
1: uh christian you wanted to talk about this crazy 24 player dota match that they showed at the
2: international uh did you watch this I did. If you didn't think it's, Dota it's made insanity. sense before, it definitely doesn't make sense now. I kind of love that they did it, though. It's like, why not? Yeah, the International also was 20, 10v10. But they said that the news coming out was that it's going to be up to 12. 12v12 Dota. Um, I don't know how many times 12 people can scream, stay in your lane. but <laughs> the, There's only
1: three lanes.
2: How, where <laughs> do I go? This looks in. Insane. And and I don't think kind of like um, the space or the, you know, flight combat in Star Wars won't be. I don't think this will be the main mode. I think this will always be the fun thing. Like you have the international going on and this is almost your halftime show. It's like, and now everybody yeah. that's lost jumps in this 24 person match. But
1: yeah, it's like the Royal Rumble of. Um, yeah. <laughs> <oops>. yeah. <laughs> right.
2: But somewhat proof to the formula of their balance that it, it's not complete and utter well, it is a lot. It is completely another well, The, utter the chaos. craziness
1: is like how do you how do you negotiate last hits when you have ten <laughs> teammates? Uh, that's don't. crazy. But it's pro. Um, if
2: you haven't seen it, watch it. It's uh, it's crazy.
1: Well, you know, uh, not to keep bringing it back to my favorite game, but uh, Heroes of the Storm. They keep saying over and over that the they keep calling the game a brawler and not a MOBA, and they keep saying that the MOBA framework for Heroes of the Storm is just for now. Like they just wanted to introduce this game in a way that people. That know the genre already understand, but that they have plans to take it in much different places, and maybe there's a map where killing the enemy's base isn't the objective, et cetera, et cetera. I think I would love to see just like a like a brawl mode where it's just it's just fighting. It's just, and there's no map objectives. And it's just like 24 people just going nuts. Uh, that click, could be click,
2: click, 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 click. It's just finger fatigue is how you win. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know. Anyway, that was cool. All right. Um, unless you, Jeff, you have anything to add on this? Uh, no. no. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, move on. <laughs> let's get to what we've been playing. Let's go to the playlist. Ooh, what you're playing this week? Mr. Mattis what is on your playlist uh, Well I, I've got a few
0: things on my playlist uh it, it uh, so I just finished the main storyline for Arkham Knight I know a little late to the party but when you're working the long weeks it's uh, it takes a little longer to get through stuff Not as uh, late
1: as I am I uh, I abandoned that game Oh you did are you oh, yes. are you
0: did you get uh Batmobile fatigue is that your
1: uh Uh I, yeah I just, I just I just I've talked about it a million times on the show already but I I just oh. like I, I, for some
2: reason, I don't want to play that. I, well, and next week we'll be doing a little spoilery talk on it, but, uh, yeah. so you can, okay. people can look forward to that. But, Mattis, thumbs up or thumbs down? Dude, I
0: actually really, really liked it. Um, and maybe that's because I wasn't plowing through it at in six hour chunks at a time. Um, but like the Batmobile stuff, yeah, it's completely different, you know, gameplay wise, but, but I liked the blend. The thing, the thing that really, that really stuck with me though was, was, I mean, Hamill's performance as the Joker and the way that they handle that whole thing, uh, his re- reemergence is really, I, it was really compelling to me. Yeah. And 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 maybe that's because I'm not, you know, like I'm familiar with a lot of the Batman lore, but I'm not, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of it. So, um, you know, I'm not sure how how much it deviates from comic canon and how much it, you know, but, I, but overall, I really, really liked how they did that, that uh, sort of, you know, it's a, it's a very strange dynamic duo, I guess. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: um, and so, so I was a big fan of that. I thought that was really creative. I think presentationally, they did a lot of really interesting things that were sort of, you know, amped up from the previous experience. There, there, is a, there are some gameplay loops in there that aren't quite as fun as I think they should be, but, but you know, mostly that's optional stuff. Um, I've been a huge fan of the series though from from day one. So you know, even the weaker elements or the weaker weaker installments of the series uh, don't tend to get to me as much because you know the combat system is still one of the most sublime, layered you know combat systems of
2: that of that type. So one man's opinion only can pick one game: Witcher Three or Arkham Knight. Which are three? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. No, no, no,
0: no question. No, no doubt. I mean, that's probably, you know, to call it my favorite RPG ever of all time is is maybe not as much of an uh, an overstatement as as one might think or one might suspect. I mean, I played wow. a lot of RP, RPGs, but I just I think in terms of you know world building and and you know the the structure of the game and how they like you know we were talking about gating things with high-leveled creatures as opposed to, you know, artificially leveling things up or or blocking things off with walls. Um, I think the narrative is, it's so deep and rich, and even, the I mean, the side quests feel like part of the main storyline. They're that well-developed. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of really, you know, the, the Witcher series has always been known for for putting you in these, you know, predicaments where you have to sort of choose between, you know, two bad options as opposed to, <laughs> you, know, you know, somebody's going to live happily ever after and somebody's not. It's, it's, and that is really, you know, you, you're bound to wind up in a situation where you're like, make a decision and then, you know, even sometimes 10 or 15 hours later you're like, oh my God, that my decision had these ramifications. And I think that's genius because, because in, in the past, usually they show you the results of your decisions like right away. Uh, you know, most RPGs do that. You you find out some sort of impact of what you've done. And in this case, it's like, you know, you get 15 hours past the decision point. If you want to change your mind and go back and see how the other thing plays out, you, you've you got a long road ahead of you. <laughs> uh, and it sort of discourages that sort of like, I want to get the best option. It right. makes the world world feel more real uh, and more alive. Um, you know, the characters are interesting. I think the, you know, some of the, some of the, uh, you know, gratuitous sexual elements are, you know, they're gratuitous, but they're not like super duper, uh, inappropriate for the world. For you a know? guy
2: who feels nothing, he sure does feel a lot of things, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, look, and, and, and I think at this point you're either, uh, you either tolerate the lead acting, voice acting, or you, don't like it. I don't, I don't I don't yeah, I don't think there's much I don't think there's anybody that's like, "Oh, that's the best performance ever." I do find it as much as I'm not a huge fan of it, I do think that it's it's effective because you it allows you to project your own sort of, you know, animus onto the character a little bit more because he is so sort of monotone. It's you can you can have you can as a player you can sort of project yourself into that a little bit more because he's not he's not, you know, total on the a-hole side, and he's not totally on the, you know, I'm a, I'm a knight in shining armor side, you can sort of find your own gray area there. But yeah your it, own
1: tonal inflections in your head. It, right, <laughs> yeah. He's well, not going to do any, so you just have to do it yourself. I think I better drink that potion. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, he's, yeah. I, I want to add a few things, because I think you've made some excellent points. Uh, as far as the, like, the gr- gr- gratuitous sex stuff, yes, it's there. It's always been a part of the series. I like how they use that in some cases, like, for example, uh, you know, having a relationship with a woman and then finding out that she's been lying to you or that she needs you need to deal with the ramifications of her actions in a certain yep. way. And so you actually as a player, I, I felt a connection to her because I just watched my character have sex with her. And, <laughs> and now I have to decide if she's a bad person like that kind of stuff. And also what you're talking about as far as, you know, I play most role playing games. I guess you could say, in a boring, dudley-do-right way, where I'm just trying to be the best guy I can to everybody in the world. Like, I want to be a hero. I want to yeah. be the most heroic guy. And almost always in The Witcher, you get to a point where it's just like, I have to make a decision that's just going to be terrible for somebody. <laughs> right, right. And there's Who, no way to just... Be, there's So many games are just like, you can be good or you can be evil. And it's like, no, in life, it's a series of... Everybody, everybody's screwed up in real yeah. life. I mean,
0: you know, there there is yeah, you're right. There are very few, you know, good and evil binary decisions in, in real life, you know. Yeah. Um no, that's that's fantastic.
1: Are you playing the the latest patch with all the improvements? I love how how much that they are continuing to work on The Witcher. I just am so glad.
0: Yeah, and that's CD Projekt Red. I mean, they've always been real big on you know post launch support and content and that sort of stuff. Uh, improvements. I mean, they were from day one. They were they were really trying to make a lot of improvements. I mean, I think the biggest sort of kerfuffle that came up at the beginning was oh hey you know the frame rates on consoles are inconsistent and they're you know frame drops and stuff like that i i personally never had any you know had a, had an experience where i was actually feeling like it was affecting my my enjoyment of the game but i mean of course things have smoothed out considerably now um, it's it's still one of the richest most interesting worlds to sort of walk around in i mean it even sure. feel you know it feels even more craft handcrafted than than the, the Bethesda stuff, which is great, you, you know. And they but
1: always it, reward exploration. If you take yeah. a take a moment to look in that little nook and cranny, because you notice the nook and cranny, they reward you. There's something interesting there.
0: Yeah, true, true. I also love the fact that they they you know not only are, you know are, are areas gated by higher level creatures and stuff, but they don't ever like all your experience you get by completing actual objectives. It's yes. not like you just go out on a farming like I'm going to go kill a bunch of stuff. I mean, you can certainly do that, but it's not going to, you know, make you more powerful necessarily. You might get some components and things like that. that right. To, to, you know, but it's it's not a driving force like oh, maybe I should just go out and farm enemies for a while. It's uh, which I love because that's that's one of the most immersion breaking things about uh, you know current RPGs in general. For me, is that when it when it gets to the point where you're like, okay, you got to go do some you know menial tasks or or do a bunch of combat to get to the next, you know, to become more powerful. This is, this is very much more like you're furthering the story, you get some experience, you know,
1: and that's, that's really neat. I totally agree. I think that's an awesome point to make. And I think it, it points to the fact that there is, most games don't do that because there isn't enough story and stuff to do to right. keep leveling up your character. You have to, you know, break all that up with combat. And there is so much to do in The Witcher 3 that they can do it that way.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really well done. Uh, Mattis, you've also been spending some time on the cover of Time Magazine. Do I understand that correctly? (laughs)
1: Now, you have your own game. (laughs) Jeff is a voice actor in a, uh, in a virtual reality game.
0: Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, Narcosis. We're, uh, things are going really, really well. It's, it's, uh, it's really exciting. Um, I, I just most recently got to play the, the latest build of the demo, Jeff, you played, um, on the Crescent Bay, uh, and it's it's the improvements that they're making just just in the demo are are noticeable it becomes sort of more tense every time i play it it's like i know what's going to you know this demo i know what's going to happen i know where i need to go but you know the the sea, undersea creatures are getting more realistic looking and and the physics is starting to come into play and it really it's adding a lot of a, a lot of really really sort of visceral uh uh You know feeling to the experience which is great just
1: just to remind people narcosis is the game we're talking about it's a survival horror game that takes place underwater you're in this uh undersea uh what do they call it um a suit of some kind of yeah it's like uh, an industrial diving suit yeah 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 and it is it is terrifying and crazy and especially when you're in the the goggles playing it first of all an incredible VR experience, but also like just having the goggles on mm-hmm, your face mm-hmm. feels like right. you're in this mask that you are actually in, in the game underwater. So it just, everything adds up to a very, yeah, very that,
0: experience. that tactile element is really sort of hard to overstate. Um, yeah, Um I, yeah, I agree. You do feel like you're in kind of a suit and we, you know, I've, I've watched some people with, you know, play the game or play the demo with, you know, they, they sort of tell us beforehand, Hey, look, we're, I'm a little i'm trying to confront my fear of water or being hmm. claustrophobic or whatever and and most of the time they, they'll they get part way in and and <laughs> and, re- and take the headset off and go okay that was enough thank you uh so it's it's effective in that way but um i should i should also note though the game isn't isn't just uh isn't just going to be for for vr platforms it's it's uh really designed as a as a as a strong narrative-driven experience, you're going to get a lot out of it. Um, you know, really, the VR, uh, you know, just adds. It's like it's like taking the spirit experience up to like 110 percent. I mean, it's you're really you're not missing anything by playing the, uh, the the regular PC version, but but that extra layer of VR stuff is is really really awesome for the for people that want to check it out. Um,
2: Our um, amps go to 11. Why don't you just make ten louder? <laughs> right. Right. Well, but it goes this goes to eleven.
0: Yes. That. I mean. That's and that's really the, the sort of the sort of idea. What we're trying to tell people is, look, you don't you don't have to have a headset to play this thing. Um, it's uh, my personal favorite way to play it, but but you're certainly gonna have a great experience either way. Um, you know. And these guys, the guys making this game, um, and I don't know if we've talked much about this in the past, but but you know, we've got guys. It's a very indie team. It's a very small team of guys, but, you know, we've got a guy that worked on the Assassin's Creed series and Metal Gear Solid and Silent Hill. And so these developers are, you know, have worked in the industry as well. So it's, it's when I'm seeing this come together, I almost have to remind myself, oh, yeah, that these guys are incredibly talented. Like, that's why this looks the way that it does and has come as far as it has. It's um, awesome. There's a really, really a lot of cool. So yeah, I mean, I'm I, as you can tell, I'm legit excited about the the, the title. Um, you know, we've been you know doing a lot of VO recording. That's that's super fun and rewarding. I mean, the script is is uh, being tweaked and developed and stuff as as we go. But um, um, yeah, you know, we're we're really pushing. The team is the team is super excited and is really working hard to uh, sort of meet Oculus sort of when it launches uh so that's that's kind of the goal right now is to get oh,
1: cool. a, so you guys are trying to hit hit like uh, early 2016 is that the
0: idea yeah yeah that's sort of the idea is is you know that's that's the goal right now so um cool. yeah
1: well christian uh you and i have both been playing galaxy i can't wait to talk about it with you but first i want to hear you have a your own personal story of glory or tale of fail with Man. rocket league oh, so tell me tell me yeah. how, it, how that went down
2: so I still love that game. As I mentioned it is kind of my my zen, my feel good game, but uh you mentioned doesn't the competitiveness get to you? I think like, you, no. I think you
1: mentioned that next next week in the future? Oh no, we that was last week. Yeah, never mind. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Uh yeah. Um <laughs> I thought maybe we were
1: in the future. For a oh, maybe. Was that I don't know.
2: <laughs> I can't remember. Uh I I empathi- empathize with uh Remedy cuz time travel is hard. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so I was playing some Rocket League. while I was actually waiting for Galaxy to, to load. I was like, oh, what can I... Or no, I was waiting for something to render. It doesn't matter. I was waiting. And I was like, well, <laughs> here we go. Uh, jumped in with some randoms. And uh, whew, we were uh, doing great, man. It's uh, It was 6-0 before we knew it. Happy days. We're here again. And then all of a sudden, the people I were playing with, these girls or guys, just decided to just not care. Like, no one dropped... But no one was covering the middle, so we get up 6-0 quick. And I'm like, well, the other team's going to drop out. We got this. This game's great. We're playing ranked three on three. Everything's going our way. I had a really awesome header. I had a dope save. It was like making a highlight reel. Um, Best night of my life. You know what I mean? And then they score one quick goal right from midfield, right at the launch. It just hit that right perfect pop. It just sails right from the starting point into our net. Well, what are you going to do? Dang it. They do it two times in a row. It's 6-2. Like, what? What the f? What's happening here? And then from there, they scored four, yeah, four more goals to tie it in six. And they scored these goals in thirty seconds. I swear we were playing against pool sharks. Like it was, <laughs> I had a thousand dollars on the table all of a sudden, and they decided to play. Or they had their kids playing. They were like, "Hey, Mikey, do you want to play some Rocket League?" And they were like, "Yeah." And then the mom or dad was like, "All right." Mommy's turn to play. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the most effective trolling ever. 6-6. Six, six, uh, we have an open shot. There's like 45 seconds left. And we get an open shot. And I run in and I do like a sideways header on it. The ball's going right to it. Then out of nowhere, a dude from my team boosts across and knocks it out. And I'm going crazy. I'm like, what are you? This is unbelievable. Then there's 10 seconds left. The other team, they get the ball and they managed to drive it down the field, and I swear to God, they were. this was the ultimate troll. Kudos to you guys. It was, I don't know, maybe two days ago at 2.30 in the morning, if you know who you are. They were sitting there just passing it to each other, the most expert passing I've ever seen. One dude passes it up to the other dude, who then does the turbo boost, which if you know the game, you can jump and then turbo and you boost, and you fly in the air for a little bit. He turbo boost flies and heads it in. It goes in as the clock expires, and they win 7-6. Son of a bee. Son <laughs> of I, I swear they're like how many goals can we let them score in the first half? I know it doesn't have official halves, and still come back. And mm, Pretty impressive Pretty controller impressive. almost got broke that day. I love that some game.
1: guy on some other podcast going, and then we won seven to six. <laughs> 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 it was the greatest night of my life. Yep.
2: Yeah, Oh my, I love that game so much. But yeah, that was uh, when my own teammate blocked my shot. Oof. <laughs> it was tough.
0: Was that was that you think that was part of the troll? Or was <laughs> he just incompetent?
2: <laughs> I was they they embedded someone on our team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh yeah. Uh so Galax Z. Um this
1: is from 17 bit. Uh the guys that did Skulls of the Shogun, which is a game I really, really liked a lot. Super. Um Yeah, very good. This is a very, very different game. Um Galax Z just came out on PS4. And it is as if, how would I describe it? I would describe it if Asteroids from the 80s uh, and Robotech TV show from the 80s had a baby with Spelunky and Dark Souls. Um, That is Galaxy. It is a 2D space jet. Fighter game where you control your space fighter, uh, kind of like asteroids, where you drift around and you have to apply uh, propulsion. and And you're, you know, it's not precise. You're kind of drifting as you might in space, um, and you're exploring. The, the The game is is divvied up into these episodes, like episodes of an old Robotech series, and it has that anime inspired look to it, and it's it's got that kind of spirit of the '80s also and uh, you're doing these these episodes where you have to go and explore planets and the and the solar system to collect certain things or save people or whatever. Each each episode has a different goal. But you can only save your game after you've completed 5 episodes in a row without dying. And the episodes are not short and you your upgrades as you collect them through the game are very helpful. You get cool new laser types, you get cool new uh, propulsion systems and shields and stuff, and you can buy them using the in-game currency of, of uh, salvage, and you can collect them by finding chests in the world and stuff. Very very much like a, a roguelike uh, of different genre, but it's really interesting how they managed to create a roguelike in space with a jet. Uh, but then if you die, you lose all of that, and even if you collect, complete five episodes, you lose all of that anyway. So that's the backdrop of Galaxy Christian, tell me if if you have been enjoying it.
2: Not as much as I'm guessing you have. I I think it's extremely yeah. well made, and um, I'm sure people are are loving it. I love the art style. It has that little cell shaded look um, with you know the talking heads a la you mentioned Robotech, but kind of. You know, for gamers that the Star Fox, like the mouths are just blabbing and they're talking to each other in the corners and cool story elements. And, you know, it's interesting what they're the narrative they're pushing across the floatiness of the controls, I think, doesn't jive with how precise I want to be with my combat because death has such a penalty like Splunky controls so well and so, for me, combining this—I don't know—roguelike gets tossed around in so inaccurate ways. But what is in common vernacular described as a roguelike approach to this game, I found myself getting frustrated more than enjoying it. And not frustrated because I didn't have the skill. I felt like I was fighting with the controls of the game and not fighting against the enemies. And um, I
1: think that's that is. I totally sympathize with the frustration. If when you get to the third or fourth episode in a season and you die, it is soul crushing. It is so hard. It's and dark this,
0: soul crushing.
1: Yes, it is dark soul crushing. And it is this game is brutal. Brutal. So I totally sympathize, but I think you are a hundred percent wrong in the in the skill comment. Sure. Because this is I think this is a game of ultimate skill. I think that the entire, yes, Would I prefer to be able to control my ship very precisely and stop on a dime and turn 90 degrees and jump over here. And yes, but the, it is a game that is committed to making you learn it. And we're in this era of games that are willing to do that. And I think that if you accept the game on its own terms that way, it is extraordinary. Like the, the level of commitment they have to making you learn how to fly your, your ship and how to deal with enemies and what, what tactics like there is such a depth to the way this game handles and controls. And the fact that you can sort of use stealth, even though there isn't like an official stealth mode and you can use the environment in ways to, to kill enemies and the, 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 lengths that you have to go to simply to survive and the sort of cold sweat on the back of my neck when i'm deep into a season and i have a lot of awesome upgrades that i don't want to lose and i just want to get to the end with all of my salvage intact and oh my god i just ran into some crazy monster it is harrowing and and i think it really does ask the player to develop skill in how you play it how how far in are you not very far. I played a hell of a lot of hours, <laughs> I, a lot of hours, dude. But I have I die and I like I'm like I got to get up and walk around and go do something else for a little while because my heart can't handle it. My heart just broke
0: <laughs> from that the sounds fact. Like a lot, a lot of fun.
1: You get to the fifth, you get to the fourth or fifth uh, episode in a season, and like every month, every new alien or uh enemy spaceship that i come across is like potential death and the stakes are so high and i can't breathe or see it is it's it's
2: it's intense
1: but i can totally understand why that's not a good thing
2: but i mean i think so i agree with you in the sense that i mean i think this was a deliberate design decision by the team like sometimes bad controls are sloppy right like the development is poor and you're just like this I can't do what I want and I think this is the game they wanted it to be what I find frustrating about it though from how I like to play is I don't disagree that there is skill that you can learn this stuff but I think there will always be um randomness and, and I don't appreciate that in my quote-unquote roguelike type game it's kind of like poker you can be the best poker player in the world but but one out of a hundred times I might sit down at the table and beat you. And to some extent I might beat you because I'm not playing right. And because the randomness of the draw and I'm like, I don't know what this I should do in this situation. Look what I got in the river. (laughs) And all of a sudden I've won a million dollars from you. This game, I think you could be one of the most skilled players in the world, but your drift or your hover or uh, a meteor comes careening in and just messes everything up. And, uh, uh, I want to live past 60. You know what I mean? Like, my heart can't handle <laughs> so much of that. So, that's, yeah, it's just a personal preference. It's a super well made game, but uh, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I don't
1: know. I, I think that, I think the randomness is mitigated. I think, I, I think this is one of those games that we're going to be watching on a Games Done Quick someday and being like, oh my God, the level of skill people have with this game is insane. I, I, I really feel like it's like Spelunky, it's like Dark Souls, it's like those games where, it will reward you for getting good at it in ways that are just so palpable and so powerful. And I also really love the interchange of systems in the game. It is so smartly designed, this game. It is, there, there is such a wonderful play of risk and reward of how, you know, and, and a lot of roguelikes are like this, but of how, like, well, I can go straight to the objective to get out of this episode and just save my skin. But maybe if I explore a little over here, I'll find a chest or if I kill a big enemy, I get a lot of salvage and then I can afford to buy that cool thing that I got a blueprint for earlier and it really could help me out. And and all the different upgrades and how you can mix them together to really build a sort of a talent build of your your spacecraft and how each of the upgrades that you get makes you feel – really powerful and, and like really... you don't
2: want to play anymore because you don't want to lose them. <laughs>
1: I get it. I get it. Like I'm I sympathize, dude. I I'm not gonna lie and say I haven't had moments with this game where I literally like slumped over in my chair <laughs> after dying and just felt like I can't play this anymore. I can't go on. How do I start over from episode one now of this season? Alright, press X for a quick restart. You know, I'll do it. But it's it's like it's brutal. I kind of wish there was a wimpy mode. Like if there was just wimpy mode that I could just enjoy it without feeling so stressed out it's because like I feel hamburgers
0: like burgers everywhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah <wimpy. laughs> uh, I'll gladly pay you on Tuesday. <laughs> um, I don't know. And I, and I, I sort of respect them for not putting a wimpy mode in because they're not letting me cop out like that. But I, I feel like I would enjoy and Christian, I feel like you would enjoy their game a lot more if there was a wimpy mode.
2: But uh, yeah, again, I, m- tons of love and respect to them for making the game they wanted to make. And also, like you said, such a different game than their previous game where uh, I'm starting to wonder what can't indie developers do these days, right? We, uh, we first, we had Joe danger from a team and now we have uh, whatever their space game is. We had Shogun. Now we have uh, uh galaxy from indie teams coming out. And it's just like the ability to jump around in genres and make well-made compelling games is, just so many awesome things are happening in video games. It's, it's incredible.
1: Yeah. And, and I, you know, I will also say it, it is not a game for everybody, but it is so finely crafted. I, I really think it's a game of the year contender. Um, it's just, it's just a really real for what it is and it's commitment to what it is. It may not be for you or for anybody, or maybe even <laughs> not for me for long, but it is it what it does. It does as well as any other game does it. Um, Anyway, and and it does a very unique thing, so I should say that too. Yeah, Um, I also have been playing uh, another independent game uh, on Steam. I think it just was released on consoles as well. It's called Submerged. This is the complete opposite end of the spectrum. (laughs) Um, You can't die in Submerged. Uh, You don't even fight anything. There's no uh, combat of any kind. Um, But it's a really interesting concept. The idea is that in some distant land or far future or whatever fantasy setting, uh, the city, the big city, has been submerged underwater. There was some sort of catastrophe that happened, and uh, all of the skyscrapers are you know hundreds of feet underwater, and just the tips of them are popping out. And you play as this young girl whose little brother is, um, is sick or dying, or you know he's, he's ill in some way. And you have a little boat that you are escaping your home in, and you find a shelter and are trying to save your little brother by salvaging supplies and medical equipment and stuff from the remnants of this submerged city. So basically, what you're doing is uh, you you know you find this little shelter and you have to build up the shelter in various ways and and find I think there's ten different. Um, Crates that you have to find around the world, and so you're you're going out in your boat, and you have a you have an eyeglass, you have a um a peris a telescope, periscope. What is it? Periscope. Are you char- sharing that-
2: what you're doing with people in the world via Twitter? No,
1: uh, it's a, <laughs> is it a meerkat, meerkat, some yeah. sort of meerkat. <laughs> um, you have a you know one of those uh things that pirates have that they extend and look through. Anyway, uh, you are looking uh, out in the world, and you can spot certain things in the distance, and and then you go and investigate and it's basically like um just sort of the climbing sections of of uncharted without any of the combat and you're climbing up these buildings and trying to get to the top of them and getting out of the water and and scaling them and investigating them and finding the stuff and then going back to your brother and helping him out and uh, what's that?
0: I mean I mean is it fun? how 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 is the the I mean that sounds really interesting that sounds like something right up my alley is is it is the experience compelling enough to
1: you know, pull I, you along? I really, really loved it for the first hour. And uh, I think it's so awesome and such a beautiful game. There's no dialogue in it. It's as if it's as if these characters come from a foreign land where they don't speak English. They kind of do that Sims, like, thing. But uh, the story that, that you get from them, and each time you find one of the crates, you get new sections of the story. The story you get is conveyed in these sort of hieroglyphic Drawings very simplistic hieroglyphic drawings uh, and and a, the beginning, the story is so interesting it's like, oh yeah, yeah, but then it's kind of exactly what you think it's like rain came and flood started, and people died it's like, well okay, well, I figured that i'm you're not really rewarding me here by <laughs> right. telling me anything you know unique uh, and the game is very short, and the game is is it doesn't ever change up what you're doing it doesn't ever add a second layer or even any variety to what you're doing. When you initially are wandering around that boat and you feel like, oh my gosh, I can go anywhere. I'm spotting things. There's like whales in the water and dolphins and birds and you can spot those and they're added to your added to your notebook and it's stuff. It is, I was like, this game is amazing. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's this wonderful. It's exactly what I love. It's exploration, uh celebrated. It doesn't need to have combat to be interesting. It's cool climbing and stuff. But all of the buildings basically look the same. Mm. All of the things that you get basically do the same thing. And there's lots of collectibles that add story bits, but none of the story bits are revelatory. They're, they're, none of them are unexpected or interesting, particularly. It, so- so if the game
0: had say, say, a much stronger narrative component to it, and maybe a little I mean, it sounds like it needs a little bit more variety in in, yeah. in certain areas as well. But I mean if the if the narrative were stronger, it sounds like they might have a they might be onto something.
1: Absolutely. I feel like if this game had a variety of places to explore, if all of the buildings weren't exactly the same and how you climb them wasn't exactly the same it would be I would be one of my favorite games of the year. And if the story itself was like, oh my gosh, what happened? Oh my gosh, there's these surprises. And and in the beginning, there are some really surprising things. Like you'll catch movement out of the corner of your eye and there, there are things in the world that are like, oh, that shouldn't be here, uh, which is really interesting. But not, it doesn't go anywhere and it's such a brief experience. I feel like this is like the first part of what I would wish would be a much bigger, more interesting game. Mm. But But really worth checking out it's called Submerged. It's on Steam. I think it's on uh, Xbox One and PS4 as well. Uh, and I, I think it's like 20 bucks. So I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to recommend it at that price uh, wholeheartedly. But it really is worth playing for a little while because it, it's such an interesting idea. And it's proof that you can create these games uh, without combat and emphasizing exploration. And it, just, it just needs a little more to it. If only you could shoot something in the face. Yeah, yeah, now no, yeah. we No,
0: not at all. No. Um,
1: yeah, as I said, you guys are listening to this. I'm already on vacation, so sorry we're not live, but uh, I'm also very excited because you guys have heard me the last few weeks talk about Card Hunter over and over again, which is a game I'm back into, and the iPad version was just released. It's called Loot and Legends. I guess there was already Card Hunter. I don't know. It's called Loot and Legends. It's Card Hunter on the iPad. It's wonderfully, brilliantly well done, and so now, uh, as you're listening to this, I'm probably traveling and playing Luton Legends. But I just wanted to alert the audience to that because uh, yeah, it's free, free to download. There's you know in-game purchases, but an amazing game. Did you ever play Card Hunter, Jeff? No, I, I haven't. But uh, oh, you, you've, so ar- you've already sold me on
0: checking this out. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I've actually, I'm, I'm still, I'm still. My iPad gaming time is almost. I find myself in Hearthstone still all the time. I haven't spent a dollar on the game but i've i'm on my way to unlocking pretty much everything wow uh, so yeah it's a lot of i mean it's it's sort of my like you know it's an hour before a time to go to bed and like it's a great way to you know play three or four matches and and you know i've been doing that since the game came out almost so are you
1: excited for the grand tournament i am
0: yeah yeah, yeah. it, it great, should right? be it should be really really awesome um and you know look everything that they've sort of added to that game, I mean, it's, it's, it boggles my mind how well balanced, I mean, yeah, they've made some tweaks and stuff after the fact to, to nerf cards or power up cards, but, but it's, I can't even imagine the spreadsheet for that game, you know, just in terms of how the cards all interact with each other. And, and it's mind boggling. It's, it's really, really, really tight gameplay loop. It's great.
1: Uh, are, do you have to run right now or do we have you for a few more minutes?
0: No, you got me for a few
1: great awesome all right well let's uh let's move on now and carve out a little bit of tabletop time right now right now I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a game that I got to play that is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, full disclosure, it's was created by a good friend of mine, Justin Robert Young. You may know him from Night Attack and his shows uh, that he does on the Diamond Club. But uh, he's created a tabletop game called The Contender. And uh, it's uh, timed well now that we're like knee-deep in the political season. It plays very much like uh, Apples to Apples or Um, cards against humanity it is very much a party game it is very much about you creating silliness in the game um, you know helping you manifest the silliness the idea is you uh, you are a candidate and everybody that's playing is a candidate uh, and somebody asks you a question that is one of the one of the cards is a question a political esque question you know how do you feel about x y or z and they're usually sort of silly political questions there's not much seriousness here and then you have cards in your hand, and you have to assemble your political speech based on the cards in your hand. So you have to incorporate the things in your hand, and you lay them down in, in a series. So it differentiates itself from apples to apples or Cards Against Humanity in the sense that you are literally constructing a narrative, a, a, a speech, or your explanation of how you feel about an answer based on multiple cards in your hand, not just not just one. Uh, and it's, it's really funny It's really fun, it, it makes for some silliness And if you are even remotely Sort of politically minded Or, or you know Can talk in that way it, It's a really fun game It's on Kickstarter right now It's called The Contender um, I got to, to play it uh, An early release copy And uh, I think these guys are onto something It's pretty funny Can you play as Marlon Brando? <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> yes. Well done um (laughs) it depends on how good your accent is oh you
0: know got a few cards here a few cards there (laughs) yeah um yeah no that's that actually sounds like super fun um i love well i'm i'm kind of a political junkie and and right yeah that's that's i'm definitely gonna check that out
1: uh it is uh it's it's pretty it's pretty funny and the the cards are uh are really funny like the, the the wacky stuff that you have to uh Implement into the into your discussion is, and it's funny because you'll have these two dis, very disparate things. And it's like you know, you know, how do I feel about uh, you know global warming? And it's like, well, uh, because shoes are things you wear on your feet, and if we're <laughs> all you know, and then they're going to have like an expansion pack that's more like off-color stuff, like the Cards Against Humanity. So it'll be it'll be you know separated into two buckets. So if you want to play the family-friendly version, you can play the family-friendly version, or you can get the you know the really off-color the stuff. The
0: Donald Trump edition. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> All right. Exactly. Uh, Christian, you're giving your uh, you're giving your father-in-law a board game.
2: Yeah. Well, so uh, you know, I talked about it before we played Masquerade a few times, but uh, the wife digs it, and she thinks he'll dig it. So we're uh, actually going to be visiting with them here. In just a couple of days, so we have that brought along as a belated um, gift for him. So I'll, I'll report back and see yeah. um, if it brings the family closer together or if um, I no longer speak to my in-laws. <laughs> well,
1: this is this is Masquerade. It's it's a game we talked about before. It's a hidden role game where you you kind of at a certain point don't even know what role you are. <laughs> it's uh, it's really fun because you keep switching stuff and people can switch roles with you under the table without you seeing. So you don't know if they actually switch with you or not. So you get confused and you don't know who you are. Really fun. I actually introduced this to a group of people that don't really play board games a while back, and I thought it would go over a lot better than it did. So I'm very curious how, how your father-in-law deals with it. I hope, I hope he likes it, because I thought this was going to be an easy home run for those for those folks. We had just come off playing something more complicated, so maybe they were already bewildered. <laughs> it felt they, they, I think they had a hard time understanding, like, do I, I have to change or I don't have to change? It's like, no, you, you're, you can lie. You don't have to tell the truth. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, interesting. It's called Masquerade. Yes. Yeah. Bruno Fiduti game. Um all right, guys. Well, I think we can uh wrap things up. Um hopefully when I get back from uh my vacation, well I'll have lots more board games to talk about too. I plan to play some on vacation. But um I will miss you all. Uh we have a very special episode coming next week. We've already recorded it. It's uh It's going to be fun. Greg Miller from Kind of Funny hangs out with us. And because it's going to be coming out next Monday, we won't have any news. It's just a very special sort of just hanging out episode. Um, So I think you guys will dig it. Hopefully there isn't some earth shattering video game news between now and then. But if so, we'll talk about it the following week when I'm back. But uh, Jeff Mattis, man, how much fun is it to finally hang out with you on this show I uh, I'm so to, glad you were able to do this.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure out a way to do it again sometime uh, sure in the near future because yeah I mean I that's one of the things I miss talking to you guys about games and, and life and all that all that good stuff it's it's always a pleasure to be on um, and uh, you know it might be a little while before I'm back but if anybody wants to you know follow me they can do so at, at Jeff Mattis on uh, Twitter or if you're interested in Narcosis uh, it's at Narcosis Game. Um, they've also got a Facebook page and stuff like that, so
1: I'm around. I'll be back. Yes, we will. We will definitely. I mean, I miss you so much, and uh, this was a, this was a blast. So definitely follow Jeff Mattis on Twitter and keep an eye out for Narcosis. Man, that that game is gonna game is gonna be harrowing to say the least, uh, in the best possible way. Yeah, uh, Christian, you got you got some stuff coming up this week.
2: Well, do we need to uh, thank a person? Thank someone?
1: Oh my gosh, our sponsor.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: Casper, oh my gosh, I wouldn't be able to sleep tonight if I didn't thank Casper on a number of levels. Casper is your online mattress retailer for premium mattresses. Thank you for saving me, Christian. Uh, Man, I'm so grateful that they are sponsoring this episode because uh, I think that (laughs) so many people, myself included, go far too long on old mattresses. And the reason we do that is because mattresses are expensive, yo. I'm not going to be able to spend $1,000 you know, for a new mattress every couple of weeks, $1,500, $2,000. That's a lot of money. And even worse, I, the way I buy a mattress is I walk into a store because it's President's Day weekend or Labor Day weekend, <laughs> whatever they're having, a weird sale. I walk into a store. I look at the 48 mattresses that are there. I lay down on a couple of them. It felt okay. I'll take this one for way more than I should be spending on a mattress. Casper has fixed that problem. First of all, they sell mattresses for less. It's like 500 bucks. This is so much less expensive. You're going to save tons of money. And not only that, you're going to make sure that you like the feel of your Casper mattress. It's risk-free. Casper offers you Free delivery. They'll deliver to your house. You just buy it online. You pick the mattress you want, send it to your house, Then you get 100 days to try it. You can sleep soundly on your mattress for 99 nights before you decide if you like it or not. I bet you're going to figure it out earlier than that, but you have that long to decide whether you like it or not. I'm going to bet you're going to like it. Then if you don't, on the off chance you don't, it's easy. They come to your house and they pick it up. They take it away for you and they refund your money amazing risk free it's awesome but the cool thing is these are great mattresses they feel awesome so you're probably going to love sleeping on it and you're going to have spent a lot less plus because you listen to our show we're going to give you 50 bucks off 50 bucks off your mattress purchase all you got to do is go to casper.com that's casper.com slash dlc casper.com slash dlc and then insert the promo code upon checkout that promo code is DLC. So Casper.com/DLC slash promo code DLC get fifty bucks off your first purchase. Get yourself a better mattress. Casper is the way to do it. Check them out. Let them know that you heard about it at the very end of our episode. Uh, but that's okay because we we really appreciate it. We're glad we saved the best for last. Yeah. Uh, nice. All right. So what were you going to say, Christian, about what you're doing?
2: Oh, what? Yeah, we are going to be at PAX. That's coming up soon. Uh, We're doing a live panel Saturday, August 29th at 1 p.m. at PAX Prime. If you are there, please come out. It's going to be fun. We have uh, Garnet Lee confirmed on board and some other special guests um, confirmed and getting confirmed. It's going to be a great show, so hopefully you can join us there. If you're also in Seattle... You're um, saying
1: that this show is on the weekend... And Garnet Lee is confirmed to be there. (laughs) That's what you're saying. I
2: am am saying...
1: If I'm understanding you correctly.
2: uh, I I think that if you come to this show on the weekend, it will be confirmed that Garnet Lee is on the show. At PAX Prime 1 p.m. live DLC, our first live DLC. We're excited to do it. And if you're there in PAX, also look at something to do during the nights. I will be at uh, the Comedy Underground there in Seattle uh as well i believe there's early shows and late shows both nights that i'm there come out to that and then just thanks to anyone and everyone that watched uh the devious maids episode ben and i wrote it aired last monday and it's one of the best um ratings wise episodes of this season my understanding Be- is you shattered ratings records Mash, uh, Mash <laughs> is now number two right yes Yes. my understanding the show uh <laughs> yes that thank you that would have been amazing but no not that incredible but they were very good for the season and for the show and if you haven't watched it or don't have cable i believe um lifetime has the show for streaming you can check it out we wrote episode uh 310 season 3 episode 10 called whiplash there's some uh it's silly it's fun so if you haven't watched it and you want to check it out you can mr canada while you're gone how can yeah. I keep getting my uh my fun informative fills of you during normal American hours instead of pictures of delicious food at 3 a.m. Uh, you can't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter. I will probably be tweeting about if I you know if I if Operation Procure Local SIM Card in uh, in Europe works, <laughs> then I will be uh, tweeting uh, at, at, during my trip, which is should be fun. But uh, the cool thing is. You're still going to have a new episode next week of this show, and I think it's a real special one. We already recorded it. It was really, really fun. And we have episodes of all my other shows coming out as well, episodes of We Have Concerns, which is uh, not going to stop, not going to take any time off. We have awesome episodes coming up for that. Um, Really, really fun ones, actually. I think uh – well, I won't give any previews because I don't know the timing of everything. But really, really cool episodes, <laughs> some fun stuff we recorded at Nerdtacular is going to be coming out. We're going to have episodes of like Brushwood and um, oh look, Did yeah, everybody what, hear that? I'm sure everybody. Yeah, heard what that. is that, that noise? Yeah, was me, yeah, what that was is me that having noise? an idea. Oh that was great, was me having an idea. Oh, Brian Brushwood and Veronica Belmont. Be <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it's still happening. <laughs> what is That's Windows it's, 10, everybody. That's
2: someone that's wanting that. Jeff to play Heroes of the Storm already. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. That's exactly. What it is. <laughs> oh, okay. oh they're still asking. Let's, oh, let's, uh, okay, we let's wrap, wrap this, up. this up with the parting gift.
1: Yeah, let's wrap it up with the parting gift. Uh, okay, so check that out. We have concerns. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get. To- I got it. I got games to play before I leave for Europe. Uh, let's get to the parting gift. Hey, give us a suggestion. A what to do
2: this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift.
1: Jeff, do you have something to get people through their week that might not be a video game? Uh, I do, but I forgot what it was. Hang on, let me... Let me oh, I know what it or, is. It's what something that I'm super excited about, too. I've been oh, watching. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So so I, Netflix uh, has a series that's basically a prequel to a movie that came out in 2001 with a ton of great comedians in it, uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, they made a... So, so Wet Hot American Summer, the film that came out in 2001, is basically... Uh, it's sort of uh, a parody of those films like Meatballs and... You know uh, those other summer camp movies from the early '80s, yeah, Uh, yeah, and it's but it's you know it's a parody of those which are in in and of themselves sort of ridiculous. Um, Anyway, Netflix basically got all the original cast together. Um, They made a prequel. It's like an eight episode series, uh, and it takes place uh, all in one day. So all eight episodes are in the same day, and it's the day leading up to the film. Um, So so you know it's basically a a prequel that you can watch. The funny thing is, is of course all of the actors are much older and, uh, a lot of them are he- a lot heavier in the prequel <laughs> than they are in the
1: actual, uh, the actual film. But yeah, I said it, it should, it should be called wet, hot American summer, the ravages of time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, that that would be, pr- anyway, it's,
0: it's, I just finished watching it the other night. Um, really, really funny stuff. If that's sort of your, you know, if you've been, been hankering for one of those kind of movies, but it's, I mean, it's just got a huge cast, uh, uh, you know, people from like Bradley Cooper and Jason Schwartzman and Janine Garofalo. And, and I mean, just, it, it's a, it's a really, really great motley crew of characters and the film, I guess they, you know, the film was made before most of these folks were, were as big as they are, but it's just the, the cast is,
1: is insane. Um, really, really funny. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I definitely second that. It, it, it reinforces my belief that all the coolest people hang out with each other in, in Hollywood
0: oh yeah you can tell they were having a blast and, and I fa- in fact I want to say there's even a documentary about making the movie that Netflix also put up so it's you know there's a there's a whole bunch of supplemental material that you can uh, uh, check out if, if you if you like the series or the film yeah,
1: but, yeah. And, and it's such it's such absurd comedy which is really funny really really that's right up my alley so good so good yeah Christian how about you what's, uh, what's a parting gift?
2: Uh, I'm changing plans. Um, no one get mad at me for this. No one get, do something to fix the Earth, man. Uh, and play Heroes of the Storm, Jeff. Do what, <laughs> do what you do what you can to really fix the Earth. This is the only Earth we have, and whether it's ride sharing or I know it's hard because really we don't matter, but we do. Every little thing matters, even if it's just writing letters. I know it's using trees to write a letter to do something, but man. I don't want to be this sad and depressed. Do something. Try. Do everything you can to fix the earth because
1: let's because give you our, have actual children and let, they're they're pretty screwed at this point.
2: Let's, let's give it. our kids something to look forward to. Ugh. And that's that's all. I don't want to go into it. Do something. Do everything you can to help fix the earth.
1: Yeah, we all like Fallout, but not that much.
2: Not no, that not much.
1: that much. Ooh, boy. Um so have to follow that with sorry, my thing <laughs> sorry. It's your fault. I saw
2: I saw you were tweeting late last or I saw your tweets late last night and then I went down the, the hole and it's it, bad it's bad it's real
1: bad I was I stayed up real late last night uh, just being depressed about how how screwed we are as a as a species and it doesn't seem like anybody cares which is even worse um, so whatever.
0: I, it's, it's I think people just need to
1: are aren't aren't smart
0: enough to care in a lot of cases like or just aren't informed enough to care and and you know get active like go out and and do do some research and look stuff up don't just
2: rely on your one or two sources of of uh of news to get you by get in your suburban each person individually get in their own suburban and drive down to the library <laughs> that's, right, that's uh, right
1: we're all gonna be suburban at some point hey oh
2: um, um anyway uh light-hearted hey hey zing zing wada wada bing bang jeff what What about you
1: yeah so changing tone completely <laughs> my i uh i recently had a birthday at the beginning of the month and my wife got me a, a pretty big present uh it's something that i wanted and it did, wasn't sure if i wanted but everybody had said it was cool and that's the amazon echo if you haven't heard about oh, nice. this thing yeah it's a little cylinder that sits in your house. Uh, you can talk to it, and it answers questions for you from the internet. It'll play music. It'll play Pandora. It'll play you know all kinds of other stuff. It'll uh, it'll it, I have it synced up with my Google calendar, so I can say hey what I, w- I don't want to say it right now because it'll start talking. <laughs> but uh, I can call it by its name and then ask that's what's on my calendar today, and it'll read it off. It can take notes. I can say hey add something to my uh, add something to my to do list or whatever. Uh, it's pretty awesome. I got to say it's pretty awesome. Completely, I mean this is the opposite of Christians, like this is such a like first world unnecessary item that I own, but it's it's pretty neat. It is as close to being in Star Trek as I have ever experienced. And the crazy thing about it, you know, I I start yelling at my Xbox, you know, turn on, please. Turn on. Turn on. For some reason Amazon has, has done a much better job of that stuff. I can pretty much be in the corner of my room away from a corner of the living room away from the, the Echo and whisper something basically. And it hears it. It interprets it correctly. It's pretty cool. So um, I give it my full endorsement. I am was really impressed with it. And it is it's unnecessary in a lot of ways. But when I'm like cooking dinner and got my hands all dirty and I want to go, hey, set a timer for two minutes rather than having to like dirty hand push the microwave oven or whatever it's great it's awesome so that's the yeah. amazon echo. I awesome I'm,
0: I'm personally waiting for amazon echo the dolphin but there you go <laughs> <That's>...
1: <laughs> on that note folks uh that's gonna do it for this episode of dlc thank you guys uh thanks to jeff mattis for being here and thanks Chris for having guys. me guys yeah th- thanks you both for for doing this at an unusual time Uh, I apologize to anybody that's in the uh, chat room hanging out and and wanted to participate in our show. We will be back in two weeks, week after next, with live stream stuff so you could participate then. Uh, But next week's episode is is pretty great too. So stay tuned for that next Monday. uh, Until I return, think about what you put out into the world, make it a better place.